0: So the other day you sent me a text to let me know that you guys are thinking about cutting your cable and I didn't really, I didn't entirely take you seriously because I feel like you've been saying this to me for the last four years. So my question to you is like, have you actually done anything about it or is, are you just going to continue to talk about cutting your cable?
1: Uh, Thank you for not having any faith in me. Um, <laughs> we have not done anything about it yet.
0: Oh, okay. Um, so I was we, right.
1: We, Well, okay. But I mean, like, I still have the intention of doing it. So, I mean, you can't just drop 20 pounds after you say you want to lose weight, right? You got to actually, like, go through the process. So, I mean, cut me a little slack with that. But yes, for the short term, you're absolutely right. Um, <laughs> yeah, we are, we are doing this. Um, I, that's our game plan. But it has been, like a long and arduous process to get there. And, um, I'm sure there's other people like us out there, but who, you know, we, we grew up with cable and that's what we have. And that's what we always did. And, um, obviously we're aware of all these other, you know, streaming platforms and we actually have a bunch of these other streaming platforms and it's just been something that's taken a while. But I think, you know, we've, we finally sort of like mapped out, okay, I think this is the direction we want to go with what type of platforms we want to use and how we're going to account for the things we know we want. And, uh, and then eventually, cut the cord. So yeah, we're probably joining people of our age group that did this all ten years ago. But it's always good to be fashionably late to a party. So we'll be there.
0: As you always say, it took a really long time to land that plane.
1: Yes, right. But uh, but eventually we're going to put this. I mean, we're not landed yet. This could go, this could go drastically wrong. We might still be having cable in in the fall. But our we're plan gonna... is to do this within the next couple of months, the next month, just to kind of. Uh, you know, dot our I's and cross our T's, and then we'll figure the rest of it out.
0: Now, what's what's involved in this breakup process? You're gonna to have to send the Do You need a representative, a le- like a legal representative.
1: Yep, I'm, I have a feel there's gonna be a notary needed. Um, are you a notary public?
0: <laughs> no, I'm not. No, you no, need you're Angela also too Martin. Far away.
1: We, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're also a little too far away, so that's not gonna help anything. <laughs> out. No, for us, like I said, it's just making sure we got what we need. So, like. Um, I think what we've settled on is going with with um, with YouTube um, TV, okay. Um, but that's it. Netflix and Hulu, and and we recently got up signed up for HBO Max. So you know we have certain other streaming platforms, but we're just looking for the answer for this other live TV substitution that we need. And I think YouTube Live makes the most sense, or YouTube TV rather makes the most sense. So that's it. It's just um, making sure we got what we want, and then doing it.
0: I think you've actually made more progress than you're giving yourself credit for. I mean, well, especially I like with the... this, like the new edition of HBO, you already have all your streaming services. Now it's just about like stepping away from from the old and yeah, not having your safety net.
1: Is, I think this is definitely in my like wheelhouse. So there are things that I just like, I, I like the concept there are certain things about change that I really like. I like advancements and things I like growing. I'm not necessarily one from, from I think a communication standpoint that wants to just always do the same thing. I like the opportunity, but I think, you know, I heard some, I heard a quote recently, I forget who said it now, but it was like, I like change, but like, I like when I like when I change. I don't like it when things around me change. Ooh. And like, I, I think that's kind of like, yeah, I like when I change and I grow <laughs> and I do things, but I don't really like it when I have to worry about other things changing around me and having to adapt and get used to that.
0: That is so relatable. Right. I yeah. I wish I could remember who said
1: that, but no, maybe it
0: to me. I definitely feel that same way. I actually, like I truly love change and I feel like I make a lot of them on my own, but yeah, when they're, when they're, thrust upon you without, uh, warning. I mean, look at all of us in like the last, you know, last year and a half. I think, you know, it didn't really go well at first, but we're, I think we're doing okay now. Hi, I'm Michelle.
1: And I'm Steve. And this is a podcast for creatives. Two friends talking about the complex, messy, and beautiful experience that is being a creative.
0: So I... I'm embarrassed to talk about this, but I'm going to do it because I know that it's going to motivate me. At the end of April, or maybe it was the beginning of May, I've now lost track. It's been so long. I put out this video that I produced about my writer's retreat. Yeah. My personal writer's retreat. It was just me. It wasn't like an event that I put on. And it would be pretty cool though. I mean It would it would have been impressive to have pulled right. that off, yeah. Considering I'm an, I'm an amateur writer. <laughs> but...
1: <laughs> That's really going balls to the wall though. Imagine yeah. that. You don't even have it published and it's like <laughs> I'm gonna organize a writer's retreat.
0: <laughs> show
1: these people out. I'm sure I could
0: about. have gotten like one person to show up. Right. <laughs> so in that video, I am very proudly saying, Hey, you know after writing every day for, you know, almost a year and then starting the publishing process and then taking a step back and taking a little bit, bit of a break, I got back on the horse and I started this new streak where I was in my manuscript every day and and writing and making progress and I really, I mean, it wasn't blowing smoke. I, I truly was proud of myself for jumping back into this project after it has you know this feels like it's taking forever. And then at the beginning of June, I had this other project come up and then I went away for a couple weeks on vacation like to go or to go visit my family. And I came back and then I was catching up on everything that I missed. And now here I am a week into July. And I haven't touched my, my book, my manuscript for, it's, it's over a month. I think it may be closer to six to eight weeks at this point. But like I said, I think the feeling that I'm feeling the most is just like shame that, you know, I made such a big deal about how I was so disciplined. And now I feel like the more, Every day it becomes harder to jump back into it it, because I don't know if you've ever felt this way about something that you've been working on for a long time, especially if you step away from it, but the longer I stay away, the more I'm second guessing whether I should have even started it to begin with. Like every single doubt is amplifying by the day.
1: I don't think you should be feeling shame, and I'm not just saying that because you know we're friends. I think I think the only time you should feel shame is if you're intentionally doing something to sort of sabotage the situation, and then looking back at it and saying, "Man, I feel badly about doing." You're not you're not intentionally staying away from it. You're just staying away from it because I don't feel like that 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 burst of creative energy or what you're looking for has really hit you. But I also don't think like you know. I have felt that way. Actually, I felt that way about a shared project between the two of us with Commercial Breakdown, because it was about a year ago now that we kind of conceptualized the idea behind it. And we really like came out the gates, you know, flying with two episodes. And and then, you know, we we got to the third about a month later. And then we definitely went quiet for a little while. And the idea is still something that I was always passionate about, even though months kind of clicked by before we finished out the, the, the season. But it was never something that I think, from my individual standpoint. And the reason why I keep saying "me" in this case is because I was holding up the editing on one of the the episodes. It's all your fault. Um, it is no. That's my point. I feel shame. But there's other priorities in in life sometimes. And I think just because you have undertaken this massive effort, this this book. I mean, you poured yourself into this thing for for you know years now. That it doesn't necessarily, I don't feel like it defines who you are though. Like, I don't look at you and say, she's an author period. Like, it's not like you look at like Stephen King or, you know, somebody else. (laughs) That's just the only name that can come up
0: right now. (laughs) can't imagine why.
1: (laughs) I don't know why. Um, and, but you say like, you know, I watched something with him the other day, an interview that he did the other day on, um, CBS Sunday morning. And, um, He talked about how he was doing, I think it was three books that one year. And I understand that the circumstances are a lot different, but you associate him with doing that. So yeah, he's going to do that. I don't necessarily, as a friend of yours, look at you and say, author. I think that's something that sort of develops over time. I think you have poured yourself into a passion project area, and that doesn't necessarily mean that there's going to be this straight A to Z with any type of passion project. And I also think that's something for us to kind of keep in mind that like, you know, creatives tend to be, you know, I think multifaceted in terms of their, their interests. You know, they dabble in this, they partake in that they, they, they do a little bit of this, you know, whatever those, those art areas are that just because you haven't figured something out or just because you haven't gotten to the end of that road yet, doesn't mean that you should feel shame or that you you are a failure i think you're sort of finding your way as you sort of go and you're 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 trying to along the way i guess understand that 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 art understand that industry that it should take you some time and it shouldn't be something that you just feel like you have it figured out sometimes i think the scariest thing is when you feel like you have everything figured out I think that's where things kind of backfire sometimes and especially it has for me in the past or you feel like you have everything kind of mapped out and this is how this is going to go period. And then you get to the end and you go, I don't know if this was the right way. I think there was a better way to design this. I think there was a better way to write this. Maybe I should have taken my time with this. Maybe I should have explored other, other paths. So I think for you, I mean, for what my advice is worth, you know, this is not about feeling shame. This is not about feeling badly. I think this is about your process and, finding your process along the way as a writer because it is so new
0: it is and you just made me think of that's i don't know what the statistic is but there's you know you hear statistics statistics all the time about businesses that fail or projects that fail and so many of them fail in the beginning and i think that one of the things that we really lack in the beginning is that positive feedback I was thinking about this a lot when uh, last month, I don't know if you ever listened to that episode or not, the one with John Krasinski on Conan. Yes,
1: I did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. fantastic.
0: So we'll link to that in the show notes. There's a a great episode of Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend and he has John Krasinski on as a guest star and they are talking about the beginning of The Office. And I know that you and I have referenced this exact concept in, in regards to the office before but I think that it's worth repeating and it's that for the first few years years not not season one like I'd say seasons one through four they kept thinking that that show was going to get canceled the ratings were terrible they weren't getting a good response and that's really hard for us to wrap or it's really hard for me to wrap my mind around that now in 2021 when they had this, you know, explosion on when they were on Netflix. And it seems like every person that I know ages, you know, twenty to and up, like watch this show regularly. But I think that we it's easy for us to say The Office was a smashing success because we're looking at it in hindsight, we we're not looking at it as being part of that project, when those people were showing up to work every day, like not knowing if they were going to have a job the next day. And when I think about that, like years, years that they spent, and that was, we're just talking about, or I'm just talking about, once the show is in production, I mean, I think that there is also a lot of I don't know how many years, but there was obviously prep before that. And if you want to go back to like the original office and the conception of that, I mean, it just it goes back even further. And, you know, when I'm thinking about something like writing a book, I went into it knowing that it does take some authors a very long time to put out that first project. And I thought, Better than that, you know. I'm I'm a creative professional. I'm not someone who uh, who sits on things. You know, when I when I want to work on something and I'm excited about it, I'm gonna put that energy and effort in and and make it happen. And I I think I kind of pride myself on that. I'm being someone who doesn't just have these ideas who actually does something about it. And I thought that I could beat the odds. And I was identifying with what you were just saying about, sometimes you're a little too hasty. And mm-hmm. I think that I was in that, yes, I wrote every day and proud of the discipline that I had in putting together those, you know, those first drafts. But maybe I did start, I mean, I did, I know that I did. I started the publishing process too early because obviously my my page, my word count was, was way off and that needed to be fixed and then once I fixed the word count realized that I had another issue that I needed to fix which is the stage I'm at now once I get back into it but I think it just I, I don't know how to change this other than to keep talking about it and trying to remind and encourage other creatives that these time frames and parameters and pressure that we have on ourselves to meet expectations that we set sometimes they're just they're not based on anything other than our feelings and not actually on reality and what it takes to create something that's exceptional so we started something new i'm usually going to you with ideas so i think i was so excited that i barely listened to what you said and i was like you know what sure let's do it
1: could have said anything right there at that point in time, couldn't I Michelle and I grew up in the 90s and we've noticed, I think, over the years that a lot of the uh, references that we end up dropping in our podcast end up coming from that period in our childhood. We were a TV generation, so we remember a lot of these offbeat commercials and a lot of these things that um, were a part of our childhood and I thought it would be fun to kind of like look back at them. We don't really watch commercials anymore in in this day and age, you know, ads are usually something that we're doing anything that we could possibly do to skip over funny commercials or or commercials at memorable jingles have stayed with us over the years. Uh, and this platform, this, this commercial breakdown show gave us the opportunity to bring some of them back and, you know, relive a few of these moments with, with all of you and, you know, reflect fondly on them.
0: So if you get a chance, go into one of our pod for creative social profiles or go to our website and look for commercial breakdown which is the name of our show i time this it takes literally four seconds of your time subscribe to our youtube channel and hit that thumbs up button if you have a friend or a sibling or someone um, that you remember talking to about the commercials that, that we're showcasing, certainly anywhere where you can share it, we would really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, I think one of the things about being in a leadership role like I am is um, you understand that people come to you, on, you know, and you're, you're the people who you manage in, in, in many different ways. You know, and I, what I mean by that is where they are um, in their career. They, they're all very different. And the number one mistake I think in leadership to make is to treat everybody the same. It's, to me, understanding where they are, how they came to you, and what you can do to help them grow from where they are at that point. So I, I choose to look at kind of this the situation that you're presenting here as just sort of where you are in that process it's refining your process so it's not necessarily like because i agree with you about the pressures that we put on ourselves but a lot of them are self-imposed i suppose that's redundant but it's it's you know we're the ones putting a lot of that on ourselves the deadlines and the this and the that and uh, you know have to get this done by this point it has to look this way i i I think part of it is really the office example was probably the best thing that that kind of hit me in the podcast which is they always thought they were going to get canceled. They always thought things were going to kind of go south pretty quickly. It was a week to week thing, but they were true to you know Greg Daniels and, and 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 a lot of the creative heads, the writers. They were true to their process, and if that's your process, then you have to stick to that process. And if and and, and like I think that's what I would say to people that I manage. I think that's what I say to, to where you are. I can't I can't coach somebody to be someone who's been doing this for ten years and say. We'll just do this to someone who just started out. You know, it's not going to be the same advice. You have to start from where they are. And I think in your case, where you are in this process, that is your process. That is how you're doing this. And it's only going to continue to get more and more refined the more you do it. And just because you're having a period of time where you can't jump back into it doesn't mean that if you decide to continue down this path and write something else and after, after this project is completed, that you're not going to say when you get to the certain juncture, oh, I remember this. I know what this feels like. I know what to expect. I know how I handled it then. This is my, I might want to try this differently now, you know, like, or you might follow the same path, but at the very least, it's your process. It's no one else's. And I, and that's what I feel like is the special thing about being a creative, specifically in your process, whether you're designing something, whether you're you're writing something, painting, drawing, anything that you're creating. It's it's your process. You own it. So you are in control over how that's going to work, how that's going to feel, and where you make your tweaks along the way.
0: I think that it has become more challenging to remember that, that we do have our own individual journeys because of social media, and we're seeing the successes of other people and sometimes it seems like everyone is further along than you because that's what you're focusing on when you're you know like i'm in this spot and i'm seeing i'm noticing every success story of every writer i'm not seeing this the stories where people are in the same spot as me or who haven't who haven't even started yet who are you know far behind me So, you know, to piggyback on what we've been saying in a lot of the episodes that we've shared this year is it is up to us to set those boundaries and to be more responsible on social media. And when I'm saying responsible, I mean, like, be kind to yourself. So if you're constantly seeing posts that are triggering to you or making you feel bad, you mute them or you unfollow them and you can replace them with ones that that do make you feel good and make you feel encouraged and i think that depending on you know what what stage of life you're in or what project you happen to be working on that's going to be different people at at different times but again it's like we can't we can't just sit back and say i feel bad and social media sucks like Do something about it.
1: (laughs) I mean, it does, but (laughs) it's not probably the healthiest thing for you. No. Um, I co-wrote a blog a couple of months back with a a colleague of mine about how you, in public relations, specifically people who work in K-12 education, what we believe is, is sort of the right way to approach your work. And we put it in the framework of, you know, the pandemic and how in public relations, spe- specifically in schools, you know, I think a lot of my colleagues were finding it challenging because they were coming to the table during a lot of these big decision-making periods and trying to give advice about how they would handle the communications or how they might want to kind of a, you know approach a situation and they were kind of being met with a little bit of resistance on certain things. And there were some frustrations. And one of the things that we talked about in this blog, and we'll share it in the show notes, but one of the things that we talk about in this blog is really being, clear with identifying what you want to achieve and if it's the desire to be right all the time you're going to be disappointed most of the time but if it's becoming this leader who encourages your you know your administrative team or the or the people that you're at at the table with you to communicate with honesty and integrity and you know, these types of issues, then your focus should be on the growth and the evolution of who you are as a PR professional. So I think in many ways, if you're constantly approaching your job or your project or your passion or whatever it is with where do you, what, what do you want to achieve? And if it's about consistent growth, it really doesn't matter where you start on that spectrum and how long it takes you to achieve something. Because once you get to that benchmark, you can reset at that point in time and say, okay, what's my next growth component here? You know, what's the, what's the vision I want to create? And then you kind of keep going from there. Just because it's at a certain pace doesn't necessarily define how you identify with what you want, what you're identifying, what you want to achieve or how you want to kind of grow.
0: You just hit on something so important. It can't just be about accomplishing the thing. I know that we, we use that as a, a measuring stick but it has to be about how you feel while you are going through the process and I can't think of a better example of that than this podcast because oh yeah we sucked no it, well it's not <laughs> just sucked it's like we we've never sat down and like made goals or had objectives we were just like We want to do this fun project. And I guess we can say the same about commercial breakdowns. So anytime I go in and look at our stats and our download numbers, I mean, sometimes I'll, I'm surprised at how many people listen, considering that we don't really, I don't want to say like we don't promote it at all, but in the scheme of things, we don't, (laughs) or we don't have like a, we don't really have a strategy, I guess I should say.
1: If you, anybody listening to this right now wants to give us or develop a strategy, we're all ears because <laughs> clearly we're doing something right if you're listening to this right now.
0: That's true. Um, but, you know, other times I'll look at it and I'll think, all right, well, you know, we've been doing this for almost four years. Only this amount of people listen to it. Yeah. But, you know, we always fall back on, I think, I love that you always ask us, like, are we having fun doing it? Yes. Is it enjoyable? Yes. So those things, for me, kind of trump the, the that finish line. Like the, the thing because we're not really working towards something, we're enjoying the journey.
1: I think that's it. You just hit upon it right there. That's the outcome. Like the journey should be the outcome. Um, it's what you're committing to. it's It's being the person who who shows up the right way. Every day to your project, to your passion, to your job, to each other. Um, mm-hmm. You know that's that's what you and I committed to do. I mean, mm-hmm. like we, we, you know, it's it's never been something where, you know, it's we're we're one of us is begrudgingly going along and doing it. We have that self-respect for each other and that you know respect for the project that we're in. I don't think you know that's the other thing that that we hit upon in this blog is. The thought that you finally arrived, I don't think exists because there really isn't arrival. I -hmm. mean, you have these moments of success and that's great. You should celebrate those moments, but ultimately like you should always find that you should always find that there's more room to grow. And if if you're approaching the situation with the right attitude, that room should always it should always be there you should always see that 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 possibility to take something to the next step
0: and we never think about this while we're doing it but anytime that we're willing to work on something to work on a project those experiences just showing up are like planting seeds for future projects so i'm thinking about that episode of conan and John Krasinski was not on that podcast to talk about The Office. He was there to talk about his new film, which was A Quiet Place 2, which is a film that he directed. It wasn't even him being in it as an actor, which may be a spoiler. I haven't seen either either of them, but I think that that's a little yeah. bit of a spoiler. Right. But at this point, it's your fault. All
1: rules. Here. <laughs> Go back to the office piece. What was he talking about?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, the point I was trying to make is that John Krasinski, while he may identify with being Jim from the office, because that's what the public knows him as, right now he's focused on this current part of his career, which is directing, working on this, The Quiet Place franchise, or, or who knows what else is going to come up. And I'm sure that As he's working on these new projects, he's encountering brand new challenges and is having all of those doubts and fears that we are having working on, you know, not movies, but smaller projects. But it doesn't matter if it's a big project or a small project, the feelings are all the same. Yeah. And I think that it took him going through something like The Office and Even before The Office, he talks about this in the episode as well, when he was interning on Conan's show and whatever it is he did before that. Like all of these things that we do, as long as we keep doing them, will bring us to the next thing.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's spot on. You know, you're 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 looking to show up the right way every day, even when things aren't necessarily crystal clear. And, and, and putting forward your best effort because you don't know what it's gonna transition into, what the next opportunity that's gonna come out of that project that you're working on is. And refining your process and going along and learning more about yourself is only gonna set you up for greater success with whatever that next opportunity is gonna be. And it's hard to remember this sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. I know we're saying this with like rose-colored glasses, like, you know, just show up every day and you're gonna get the next re- It doesn't always go that way. And 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 I think that's something to be really clear. But I think what I've learned in life over the years is there are certain things that you can control and there are certain things that you cannot control. And the older I've gotten, the more I've realized that you have to let go of those things that you just can't control. Um, Some people are going to be really difficult people to work with. Some projects are going to be really annoying, Um, you know, but how you show up to them, how you show up to interactions, you know, the way you approach your, your work, I think is something that we can control. And, and, and ultimately the more positive mindset you're taking towards those, those situations, I think it allows you to really bring to life what we were just saying that the journey is the outcome. You know, there are going to be positives and negatives along the way, but you're not you're not committing to the end of the project. You're committing to the journey because the end of the project should theoretically just lead to that next step in the journey. If you've enjoyed this episode, help us spread the word on social media. Tag us at Pod Creatives and let us know which stood out to you.
0: What is the name of the film? Um.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't remember. It's something. It's something too. It's a C.
0: Play. Yeah.
1: I think it's the play s- now. The, no, too. the. the s- <laughs>
0: It's the something place. Oh, a quiet place. A quiet place. Okay.
1: There you go. Yeah, we'll edit that in. Ready? Yeah. A quiet place, part two. (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't say it like that. that. I know, but it'll sound so hysterical if we do it that way. (laughs) We'll we'll cut this all out. It's funny. I was looking. I was. I was looking at our at our episode library on. um, apple podcast the other day and and we have an e with with like like that's what we're like no like if we and then the synopsis like we're
0: oh like our home page isn't E like we're known as like an explicit podcast we have that reputation
1: (laughs) we're we're the bad guys of creative (laughs) creative uh expression yeah
0: it's a poor representation of our brand
1: right (laughs)
0: right it should say like occasionally explicit explicit.
1: Right. right We're not going to curse outwardly to people, we're just going to do it to each other.
0: And I feel like when we do, it's like you know that we mean it. Right. It's like when emotion comes out or we're like really trying to make a point.
1: Right. It's usually I curse and your hands are flying all over the
0: place. Yep. That's true. I wonder if we would get an explicit label if they like saw like the visual of how animated I get.
1: Right. Because, I mean, you tell me if you were looking at an Italian woman from across the street who was, like, waving her hands and and gesturing, like, you'd be Mm -hmm. like, I'm not going over there. That doesn't seem safe. Yeah, I think that would (laughs) definitely require an explicit warning.
0: That's you looking at me while we're recording. You don't feel safe because the amount of hand motions I use.
1: (laughs) I think you scared me straight. (laughs)